Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 41. Finding the Battleground. Hello, Mr. Price. This is Katie. I was wondering if you could do me a favor for a couple of weeks. She looked over at David as he gave her a sour look. Ignoring him, she listened intently on the phone. What can I do for you, Katie? We have rescued Nora Black from Candy's mom, and we need to hide her. I was wondering if Nora could stay at your place. Since my son seems intent on sleeping at your house, I see no imposition to have Nora stay with me. Katie smiled, giving David a thumbs up, whose scowl became darker. Thank you. I guess I don't have to tell you that her identity needs to be kept away from anyone with the last name of Franklin. Jack chuckled. I understand. I was wondering if you found anything out in Chicago. I'll fill you in on the details when we drop Nora off. I'm looking forward to it, Katie. Holy cow, Katie said, looking at the massive house as it came into view. The winding driveway seemed to go on forever as a botanical garden surrounded the massive estate. David didn't say anything as they pulled up to the house. Katie got out of the Jeep, pushing the passenger seat forward. A filthy Nora stepped out looking at the huge house in awe. I don't understand. Why can't I go home? Nora said quietly, her voice sounding like she was on the verge of tears. Because we don't want Lizzie to know we're on her just yet. Katie explained for the tenth time since they rescued her. I want my mom, Nora said as tears started streaming down her face. David's teeth clamped shut as he leaned against his jeep. Katie sighed. David, go get your parents and bring them back here. And try to get some clothes for Nora without being obvious you're getting them. David visibly relaxed and jumped back into his jeep. I'll be back as soon as I can. Katie watched David drive away before heading towards the intimidating front door. Before she could knock, Jack Price opened the door. Giving Nora a surprised look, he immediately beckoned them forward. Katie hitched her knapsack on her shoulder, gently pushing Nora through the door. Without saying anything, Jack Price led them upstairs into a large, elegant bedroom. Walking to the other side, he gestured towards a bathroom with a huge bathtub that looked like a miniature pool. Katie gave Jack a smile. David has gone to get his parents. Jack nodded. Take your time. I'll be downstairs when you're finished. He gave Nora one last look before shaking his head in anger. He strode out of the room. What's your evidence that Carolyn Franklin is involved in the kidnapping of that young girl? Jack Price's stiff back was braced against a massive fireplace. Katie folded her arms. A couple of the pure hearts was following a known traitor and was able to get close enough 
to hear part of the conversation between Mrs. Franklin and Lizzie, which led us to know she was involved, Katie explained. Candy started following her mom, which then led us to the abandoned church just outside of town on F Road. It was there we found Nora. She was guarded by three malice. Jack Price deflated in front of her. Katie decided to give him all the bad news at once. Your friend Steve Jones is involved also. Jack Price's face registered shock. What evidence do you have? He's not your friend, Mr. Price. He refers to you and Tom Franklin as the two Boy Scouts who seldom get off their lofty perches to call the likes of him. She reached into her bag and pulled out the hard drive. This is Jones's hard drive from his office. I'm sure it has some incriminating evidence. You stole that hard drive? How? I projected us invisible, and we walked into his office and took it. Jack gave her a narrow look. You must have had some indication he was involved before you took his hard drive. We were kidnapped from the motel room and taken to abandoned Chicago West building. Steve Jones recognized me from going into his office and ordered us to be shot and fed to the malice. The malice lived directly under the abandoned building. Jack gave her a stunned look. How did you find that out? Katie gave him a twisted smile. We are bulletproof. Jack chuckled, despite the bleakness in his eyes. You had an adventure. It would have been easier if the Yankees up there knew how to speak proper English, Katie said with a grin. This time, Jack Price laughed out loud. You're right about that. Is it okay if the blacks come and visit Nora whenever they want? Jack nodded. I discharged all the help for the next two weeks. If her mother doesn't mind staying with her, I'm sure they could find the kitchen and anything else they need. I'll tell them. She left the room, heading back upstairs to check on Nora. Finding her almost asleep in the bathtub, she helped her out, wrapping her in a large terry cloth robe. Katie, I'm pulling into the drive now. David informed her with his thoughts. I haven't told them why we're here. Katie gently laid Nora down on the bed before racing down the stairs to open the front door. Giving the blacks a welcoming smile, she led them upstairs. Opening the door, Soraya Black walked into the bedroom and screamed Nora's name. She ran to her daughter, hugging her tightly. Katie watched David and his dad converge onto the bed. She closed the door quietly allowing the family some privacy. Smiling, she walked down the stairs. Jack Price met her at the bottom. Do you have any idea what the primary goal was to kidnap the girl? We believe it was to drive a wedge between the Seekers and Pure Hearts. The Seekers were immediately implicated in her disappearance, and as you already know, David is the White Tiger. Jack nodded. What was the motivation to keep her alive? Katie blinked. I don't know. Can the girl identify who took her? Yes. So they had no intention of returning her alive. When they find out she's gone, it's going to be open season on anyone else you care about. Katie nodded. Zach has already thought about that. We have a pure heart in place that will project he's Nora whenever Caroline Franklin or Lizzie are around. We have seekers posing as malice, pretending to guard her. Jack nodded. There was a distinct reason to keep the girl alive. It will probably be used to lead you to where they want you to be. If you could turn that around and make it to where you 
can lead them to a location, the tables will be turned where you have the advantage. I'll tell Zack immediately. I'm sure he'll find some kind of solution. She smiled at Jack. Thank you. Jack Price paused, then giving her a genuine smile. You're welcome, Katie. Katie looked up as she heard someone running down the stairs. Before she knew what was happening, David had picked her up and whirled her around in a circle. He gave out a whoop of joy in the process. Setting her down, he still held on to her. We work well together, Katie Johnson. Katie smiled up at David and slowly pulled away, giving Jack Price a quick, embarrassed glance. Jack's eyes were narrowed as he looked from David and then Katie. David was too excited to notice the undercurrents and reached his hand out to Jack. Thank you for your hospitality, Mr. Price. Jack hesitated a moment before reaching his hand out to grab David's. It's my pleasure. We are all on the same side. David draped his arm around Katie's shoulder as he turned to her. Come on, let's go tell Candy and Jackson how successful we were. Jack smiled. I'll tell my son you're on your way. Katie followed David down the secret passageway steps. Smiling at his exuberance, he was always a positive person. It was something she had missed. He waited for her at the cave door and opened with a gallant bow. He stepped ahead of her towards Jackson's bedroom. David opened the door and allowed Katie to step in first. She stopped, dead in her tracks, making David bump into her. Katie froze as shock vibrated through her system. She felt like she was cut into two different people. One person, unable to do anything but feel complete devastation. The other, watching and recording every detail in slow motion. Candy and Jared pulling out of their embrace. Candy's face turning a deep shade of red, looking down at the floor, unable to meet Katie's eyes. What the hell? David pushed past an immobile Katie. That's my girl! David grabbed Candy's hand and pushed Jared onto the bed. Jared's complexion turned white as he absorbed the impact. Half lying and sitting on the bed, he took a couple of steadying breaths. I don't want to be here. I have to get out of here now. Anywhere is better than here. Katie thought to herself. David began yelling at Jared, saying he can't have every girl he takes a fancy to, especially the girl that belongs to him. Jared slowly eased off the bed. Katie instinctively knew he was going to look in her direction and meet her eyes. She wasn't ready to face him. It would somehow make everything real. His eyes slowly rose to meet hers. The second before they got to their destination, she projected herself not present and wished with all her heart to be somewhere else, anywhere she could find peace. She felt a whirling sensation that made her sick to her stomach. Slowly opening her eyes, she found herself at her waterfall. She closed her eyes and reopened them, wondering if she was going crazy and was now hallucinating. This couldn't be real. 
It had to be a projection. Not wanting to return to Jared's bedroom, she listened to the water cascade into the pool below, shaking her head. She tried to get the image of Jared kissing Candy out of her mind. It remained as it replayed over and over like a twisted torture chamber, determined to get the best results. The knot in her chest eased up into her throat. She gave in to the emotions that were tearing her apart. The guttural scream came from her soul. She collapsed onto the ground, letting go in torrential tears. Eventually, her tears dried. She remained immobile, staring at the ripples of water, not seeing anything. Hearing a sound, she turned to see David, Zach, and Clexi walking towards her. She looked down at the pool with dead eyes. She wondered vaguely what they were doing in her dream world. She hadn't conjured them. David paused in front of her, looking around as if he couldn't see her. Zach and Clexi, can you give me some privacy? Zach looked around. Katie's not here. David nodded. Yes, she is. She's choosing for us not to see her. Where do you want us to go? Clexi said, looking around him. I don't know. You're the ones who insisted I can't come out here by myself. Just go somewhere else and keep an eye out for whatever you're afraid of that may happen to me. Katie watched Zach and Clexi walk away with disinterested eyes. I know you're here, Katie. I have that special radar in my head, too. Katie looked back at him. Remember, we made a promise to each other. Our emotions can't get in the way of things we have to do. This is where we both need to leave our emotions at the door. Katie closed down the projection. David gave her a startled look. I'm so sorry, Katie. He immediately knelt down, reaching out for her, holding her tightly as she dissolved again into tears. He didn't say anything as she allowed her emotions to escape, eventually spent in his arms. He reached into his bag, grabbing a shirt, handing it to her. She blew her nose. She stuffed the dirty shirt inside her bag, keeping his arms around her. He leaned back against the rock she was originally resting against. We are sorry pair, aren't we? Katie rested her head against his chest. She closed her eyes, smelling his clean scent. I wish Sam was here. She would tell me exactly what she thought about the situation and what I need to do about it. David tightened his arms around her. You know what I don't understand. He waited for her response. When it was obvious she wasn't going to, he continued. They both acted like we surprised them. But they knew we were coming. Katie raised herself up, staring at David. What do you mean? Jack Price told us he was going to call his son and let him know we were on our way. A missing piece to the puzzle dropped into place. Katie realized they were being played. It was a setup. David frowned. I don't understand. All the hurt inside her dissolved into a deep sense of betrayal, turning into a burning fury. She realized what Jackson had done. Katie looked at David, then projected the last dream she had had with the Indian maiden. David watched it intently, 
When she closed the projection down, she turned to David. When I went out to find you, Jackson cut the bonding between us. When we got back from Chicago, he told me it was my destiny to be with you. I should not come and see him anymore. It was too hard for him, and I told him I make my own destiny. Unable to sit there anymore, Katie got up and towered over David. He knew we were coming. This was his way to push me away from him for good. That doesn't explain Candy's actions, David said, the hurt in his voice evident. Katie shook her head. The reason I broke the bonding with Candy. I could feel how much she loves you. She spread her arms out. How can you be angry at a person when you can genuinely feel her emotions? She loves me and cares for me, but she loves you more. She kicked a rock with her shoe. I can't see Candy just losing that feeling. She shook her head. This was Jackson's idea, and he pushed her to comply. She broke up with me before today. She broke up with you because you were showing how jealous you were when you thought I was having sex with Jackson. David's expression froze. What do you mean, I thought you had sex? Are you telling me you never had sex with Jackson? Katie shrugged. I slept with him in my bed, but we never got past the kissing stage. In fact, the first time he ever kissed me was after the fight we had about me having sex with him. Why didn't you tell me? Because all the evidence pointed to me having sex, and you are not in a very understanding mood. Is it all right if we come over? Zach is busting the scene to talk to the two of you. Cluxy interrupted with his thoughts. Katie sighed. Come on over, Cluxy. David shook his head. Those two can be a major pain in the neck. They would not let me go anywhere without them as bodyguards. Katie gave him an assessing look. I don't feel sorry for you one bit. They've been doing that to me for weeks. Zach and Cluxy came running up in animal form. Reaching the two of them, they simultaneously turned human. Zach looked at her. You don't look very good, Katie. Are you all right? Yes. You have something you want to say? Zach gave each of them a big smile and pointed behind him. This valley is perfect. Katie gave David a searching look, who in turn just shrugged. Standing up, he began brushing the grass and leaves off his pants. I have no idea what you're talking about. The battleground, Zach said, his voice eager. You asked me to look for a battleground, and this valley is the best thing I've seen. Katie raised her eyebrows. Show us. There is only one good way into the valley, Zach explained. Right here, where we are standing. To the right and left, there are cliffs you can pin an opposing army against. There is a narrow passageway on the other side of the cliffs that is possible to get through, but could be held only by a small number of people. He pointed to the east. The small river you see running through here cuts the valley in half, where it again drops down another 50 feet into another set of waterfalls. He turned back to them, his excitement contagious. It's a natural box. Where we're standing is the lid. If we can lure them in here and close the lid, we can wipe them out. Katie nodded. Jack Price was telling me he thinks the only reason why they kept Nora alive was to lure us into a location of their choosing. He thinks if we could turn the tables and lure them instead, we would have the advantage. Zack nodded. I was thinking the same thing. David gave Zack a smile. 
It looks like the only hurdle is figure out how to lure them here. I'm working on it, Zack said with a grin. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.